Welcome to the first episode of We Don't Know What the Name of This Podcast Is Yet. I go by Jamie the Great. And then we have our lovely co-host. What's your name, bro? DJ Crooked. And then we have our other co-host. DJ Never. And then we have our other co-host that was late, so he don't get a mic. DJ D. Miles. And then you can go ahead and introduce our uh, our, our guest, because he's your guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a special guest uh, from New York by way of uh, Ohio. Uh, yep. DJ Ross One. Yo. Yo. What's up, everyone? Let's give the applause before we do it, get started here. Yeah. Get that applause out of the way. So you're in Vegas. You got a gig at um, the spot tonight. Here. You'll be in and out, and tomorrow you're going to go fishing. Yep. I got a day off tomorrow. I got a little West Coast run and then day off in the middle. So I've been trying to make an effort on my days off if I'm out here to go fish. Where are you going fishing at? Up kind of near like Lake Tahoe area. Fly to Reno. What do you do? Rent a car? Yep. Jesus. Rent a car. I've been going to this river up there called the Truckee for a minute. So um, I kind of know my way around up there a little bit now. Go out, fish, clear the head, get out in the river, and then uh, back to work. <laughs> you've been, what you've been doing longer, fishing or DJing? <laughs> I've been, well, I started fishing when I was a kid, but I stopped for many years. And then over the past, five years or so I got back into it and now I'm like very interested um but I've been DJing for longer overall just weird um, wow. yeah I wish I was fishing all the time because I've lived in Miami I've lived in a lot of very fishable places and I've spent many many years on the road where I could have filled the time where I was just sitting around in a hotel room I could have been out his uh, fiance soon to be wife in a week or so He's got her fishing now. She's fish. She's been fishing her whole life. She's been got, fishing longer she, than you. She got me into fly so fishing. So she got you into it. Yeah, she rekindled my interest. Her and her dad have been fly fishing together for years, and then I snuck onto one of their trips four years ago, five years ago, and I was like, I was hooked immediately. And then now I'm like pushing for the trip every year. See, I, I would think that shit would be incredibly boring. Yeah, it's not for everybody. You know? <laughs> well, I have a question. Do you? When you catch the fish, do you keep it or you? No, it it's all water? catch and release. It's fly fishing for trout, and okay. I mean, you you could eat the fish. People do, but it's catch. It's more for. Yeah, the but he's white. If he if he was a minority, he he'd eat it. That's a, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> if he was Asian, he would eat it. <laughs> sushi rolls. If he was Latin, yeah, he I would mean, eat it. If he was black, I don't know. Maybe he put nah, it back. Yeah, eat it. <laughs> my, my godfather used to take me fishing. I remember it. the last one time we went fishing and we he caught like catfish. Yeah. And then my godmother cooked it that night. It's a different Fresh. vibe though for like catfish too. I mean, depending on what you're fishing for, like I'm out fly fishing with like these tiny little flies that I hand tie and shit. Oh, it's more okay. about like the the sport, you know, like the whole process of catching the fish, tricking the fish. So you're like, when, once you uh, catch it, you release it because it's kind of like. You're like in the rubber outfit, right? Like the whole waiter. overalls. Yeah, they're called waders. And yep. then you're just in that, in the water. That's it. You're how in the long, water. how long though? Like six, eight hours? Honestly, I'll be out there all day. You got to like, I, I usually out there till the sun goes down and then you got to like force me out. Wow. You got to love it, huh? When, yeah, what time do addictive. you usually start? You start early. Usually. I mean, it depends. You can fish sometimes. I don't know how much we really want to get into fishing on this podcast, but hey, man, with fly listen. fishing, it's all about flies. It's all can, about can, bugs and I can, hatching. I can so, guarantee you no one knows anything yeah. about 
<laughs> certain times fishing. of the day, there's more bugs in the air. So when you see those guys out there fly fishing, <laughs> you want it to be when there's more bug activity, which usually happens like around dusk during the summer. All right, so all you're going gonna to DJ tonight. You're going to finish at like 3, 4 a.m. You're going to sleep. You're going to get wake up at what? 6 a.m. flight. Get- 6 a.m. flight. Yep. So you're probably not even going to sleep. You're gonna I might sh- sleep like a couple hours. I might go straight to the uh, airport. airport. Then you're going to yeah. Lake Tahoe and just fish? Yeah, no, I'll fish all day. And then where are you going? I'll stay what in is some that? like shithole Friday hotel. or Saturday you're going to? San Francisco. San Francisco. Where are you going by yourself? You're going to be fishing by yourself? Yep. Damn. <laughs> the- <laughs> or sometimes I'll get a guide out there, you know, and like guide up. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so they'll go down together and they'll fish and then they'll blow each other in the woods afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who, Whose who's fish was bigger? <laughs> um, so yeah, that concludes the fishing portion of the podcast. No, wait, quick one. Other... Uh, what's the biggest fish you've caught? Just... I mean, with trout, which is this, the kind of fish I'm usually fishing no for, they get kind of too big. You know, maybe it's like, a, you know, 20 no plus inches cares. is a kind of a big fish. So no one cares. Hey, I'm not trying to talk about fishing. I'm not here to. Hey, I'm, I'm here. You guys make the topics. But but if you get me going, I can talk fish. about fishing. It's no. a lot easier to talk about than DJing. That's right. You got the liquor going. You got the belly. You getting angry. You getting agitated now. I like this. I even to start some asking some real questions now. I see how you What's on the topic list? What's on your shitty topic list? This other episode? than fly fishing. My well, my mm-hmm. topic is. You know, a little background on Ross and let us know what, you know, where he grew up at and shit like that. Because, you know, that's what I think. You're sipping your, your drink. Like, <laughs> fuck that time. Loosen it up. If he's going to be an asshole, I'm going to be an asshole, too. <laughs> we'll both be assholes. <laughs> it's our natural state. Um, I grew up in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. From the middle. Right. Um, Wait, how do you feel about the Cleveland Indians? Just Cleveland getting... is like the other opposite end of the state. Cincinnati is the bottom, so we don't really like fuck with Cleveland okay. and Cincinnati. Sounds Bengals awesome. and Reds and Chili. Wait, wait. Cleveland is below Cincinnati? No, it's above. Oh, yeah, that's what I was north. about to say. Yeah. Cincinnati okay. is like by Kentucky and Indiana. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like in the middle. It's like a sort of Midwest city. He's, he's like obsessed with everything hip hop. You know, I was going to ask him. Yeah, how yeah. Did, so, what, at what age in Ohio, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's when you started loving hip-hop. And when yep. did the DJing come into play? Well, when I was a kid, I probably got into it when I was like 9 or 10 years old. But, you know, that was like in the late 80s, early 90s. So the access was super limited. So back then, hip-hop, if you lived in Ohio, was like, yo, MTV Raps. The box. And, you know, sometimes on the radio. But your access was kind of limited. You had like Source Magazine, Rap Pages in high school. So you kind of like grew up in a, the, the things, I, it was weird, like the first hip hop I got into was like Public Enemy, X-Clan, like it was kind of weird because you like, just kind of- like Uber, pro-black. That was it. Oh, and I was like yeah, a white kid yeah. in the suburbs, but like you kind of, you see what you see on TV and whatever kind of sticks, whatever like grabs your attention, that's sort of yeah. what you follow. See, because he was in Ohio or he was in Cincinnati? Cincinnati. So he's like he's in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, but the things that he thought was kind of like, like there was a, there's a t- obviously like a detachment because everything was happening in New York kind of at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like Never and I were lucky being in New York. Yeah. But we we actually took this shit for granted, you know. So like 
we were around like all of the things going on in there and he was like kind of like shit like i want every piece of that shit like i want yeah. everything mm-hmm. even though we're all like i think we all equally love hip-hop yeah i think as an outsider there's like an appreciation for the shit that <laughs> a little bit more yeah a little bit more that's like the people yeah. in england and london like they appreciate hip-hop to a different direction. it's like the kids who like keep the supreme bags yeah, like that's how much they love the shit. Yeah. Like we, I, if I like in New York, if I went to Supreme, I don't know if I keep that back. No. But if a kid from Ohio went to New York to get a Supreme store, he would fucking keep that He'll Supreme. But the added element is that you can't really think about a time before internet, when a music video was like a sacred thing. So like, say you saw a music video for like Show and Ag Soul Clap or something. It's amazing, insane. And yeah. then you'd see it, and then you didn't know if when you'd ever see it again. Yeah. So like maybe it would be on the next week, maybe you would, you'd see it again in a month, maybe you'd see it in six months, but it gave like hip hop this like mythical quality where like access was so limited and like things like t-shirts, things like the, the merch that was going along with it, there was absolutely no access. So you just grew up like wanting it. I can, I remember being like that for Jordan too, but with Jordan it was more, I didn't have any money okay. and you're a kid. And so, like, you want the Jordan flight suit, but it is $180 or whatever. Mm. And it was around for a minute, and then it was gone. Jordans were, like, around for a minute, and then the season ended, and then the next year came in. Time moved a lot slower back then, kind of. It was just a... When I think back to those days pre-internet, pre-access, it's just crazy how being an adolescent, how you wanted things in a whole different way. Like, I would draw pictures of Jordans. I was, like, the obsession level was just crazy because... It had to be because mm-hmm. you were on the hunt. You know, you, you were just fiending for anything. See, like, did you have the box? You didn't have the box. Yeah, we did. You did. Yeah. So you could kind of order that shit. Yeah, but like, I wasn't like at home making collect calls on my parents' phone when I was 12. <laughs> you know, like, calls. But I remember, like, also, I don't know how the box worked exactly because I don't know if it was more regional. I remember the box. It charged, I think it charged your, your telephone account. Mm-hmm. And it I did. Li- and I, I, didn't, I didn't have cable. Like, I couldn't afford cable. Did they have the bots in Manhattan? In, in Manhattan. I would go to my boy's house with like $50 and I would give him money and I would record. That's amazing. The videos that I wanted. Yeah. Well, See, I don't know. Was the box the same? This is a question I always had. Was, was it the same in New York? And was it nas- nationwide always playing the same It was probably like regional everywhere? between like certain yeah. because counties. The box in Cincinnati, these are the videos I remember that got played, that got seriously played, like over and over, people would just request them. Nothing but a G thing. No, Naughty by Nature, Everything's Gonna Be All Right, was on repeat. And then another bad creation, Aisha. Those are the videos that are like burned in my brain. This is 1990. Yeah, that that people would just call up over and over, so it would play like four times, five times an hour sometimes. I think when I I would just see nothing but a G thing nonstop, and I was like, But that was a little later, that was, what, 92, 93? Anyone. Yeah. 91. I never yeah. saw the box because they didn't what? have it in the Bronx. They didn't have it in the Bronx? Nobody had it in the Bronx? I was too shook to, to be making calls the uh, to the box. But we got our videos. We saw videos of um, Video Music Box. Video Music Ralph Box. McDonald's. Channel I mean, 31. Yeah. You also had Kiss, BL. You had radio yeah. stations. You know, at the time, they wasn't playing hip hop all day. They yeah. would have had that from nine, Shows. from 9 to 12 on the weekends. Even that. Is just like on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. That's just the like. access is just crazy. Barbito, stretching Barbito. Yeah, stretching Barbito. Then things the changed when um, when Hot 97 came. That's when yeah. hip hop was being played all day on the radio. That's not true. Yeah, I don't even remember listening to hip hop on the radio as a kid. 
You so know, how, it just wasn't even a thing, you know? How so, was record shopping at that point? Records I got into, after I got my turntables when I was 16, I started looking for records. And uh, I mean, that was just a time where like, in the late 90s, records 12 inches from the early 90s were already rare. Mm -hmm. So like, it was already hard fi finding Tribe 12s or, you know, those were already like, if you went to New York, they were like $25, $30 records by the late 90s. Yeah. So it was good digging in Cincinnati because there weren't that many people digging for records. Yeah. Did they have record conventions in Cincinnati? They had record shows. And, shows and I used yeah. to work at, as soon as I, after Cincinnati, I moved to Rochester for college and I used to work at all the record stores in Rochester. So we'd do the record shows mm -hmm. and I'd be working them and I'd be like, you know, just digging. I was just digging all day, every day, pretty yeah. much for a long time. For funk and soul, mostly not even for hip hop. Yeah. But um, those record shows in the Midwest, it wasn't like, like the New York record shows where yeah, you was, had large yeah. professor and shit. It was like and then old sure ass as much, dorky Beatles. As much as the New York shows. It was no, it was people who collected Beatles mono pressings and people who. It wasn't about hip hop or collecting, looking for loops and yeah, samples. They, they didn't give a fuck about hip hop. It was about <laughs> these guys who came out of their basement like once a year to like go find Led Zeppelin Italian pressing or yeah. what, whatever. You know, it wasn't so. It was fun for me because I could be looking for the breaks and, and soul and yeah, funk yeah. records that I was always Did you find any for. good things back? Always. I mean, yeah. well, that was the whole point of working at the record store. I always got paid in records. So I would just be there all day, just pretty much for first dibs on records. Were you an asshole? Were you, were you like a, an asshole record guy? Like, uh, uh, Rockticon was an asshole when he was working at Turntable Lab. Yeah, I mean, this, there's something about working at a record store that turns you into an asshole, for what sure. What was that movie with... Uh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity, like everyone was an yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a weirdly competitive thing. So if someone and came in asking for something that was whack, would you say something? Um, no. no. No, it wasn't like that. Really, I mean, you judge people who would come in if they were looking for like pedestrian ass shit. You know what I mean? Like, if if someone you knew who you who claimed to be a DJ, it's a crazy. This was a crazy time. Like, if you played reissues, you were kind of a toy. You know what I mean? Like, for for real record heads, you just looked down on anyone who wasn't putting in the time. Which That's now, cool. in the era of MP3, you don't even. Yeah. It's not even a consideration that there's like authentic music I never, that's more I never, authentic. I never really cared about that shit. I, 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 a, I'd snatch up a reissue and no problem. It used to be hard it to find. Was a, it was a record dork. It was like a thing where you were, if you were in the trenches hunting for it, you judged people who weren't putting in the same kind of effort. Uh, and it was, you know, it's obviously stupid, you know, but like. But sometimes spend, it was hard to find that original. That's why I would have to play a reissue. Of course. That, and that's why. I think like, that's more important that you have the record because now everyone, the, um, the music's accessible. Now Back in the day, if you heard someone play like, you know, I don't know, like a Wham record, right? Mm -hmm. Or like a 12-inch version or of a Like Wham an extended version. mix yeah. version, yeah. you'd be like, yo, shit, like, I don't have that. I got to find yeah. that. Right. And then people know that and dance to that. But that's yeah. what made... DJs unique back then as they had that record. Now, exactly, yeah. as soon as that went out the window, now that you can just Shazam it, get it the next day and pretty much emulate the set that you just heard, that's kind of why it's what's just a, boring. What's a record or what's a version that you had to play, but you had to play the, the extended mix? There's a couple of records, right? Like Glamorous Life? <clears throat> like a 12 inch I version? I mean, I used to play the regular version. I never played it. That extended version was a little bit long. Yeah. That was too long? Goes I thought it forever. was too long. Yeah, exactly. Before the vocals kick in. 
What like PYT? I actually like that extended of PYT. Yeah, but you had to have, you had to get it. Yeah, you had to have it. What's another mix? That, what's Show another version? Show me love. Show me love. I only I don't know. I got the extended. <laughs> and you and you came late. <laughs> and you're saying stupid <laughs> shit. He, he got a mic. Came late and he's saying stupid <laughs> shit. Nah, what the, it? The extended version has like a break in like in the beginning. Now nah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. There was anyway. all kind of shit. There was like Dennis Edwards, Twelve Inches, with like just weird versions where it was just like or yeah, having acapella. There's some was records special. that I remember. I'm like, damn man, I need to get that version. Like I don't have that. It was different and, because but, you were playing. And I felt like a sucker. Yeah, I felt like a sucker because I was playing like the, the the LP album version. Like yeah. you said, the Wham, um, everything she wants. That Twelve Inch. Yeah. That was a good one. That was bananas. That extended, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. But but then again, that was those records were like opening set staples at the time. Now it's like a throwback thing you put in there for like you know a few people who know the song. But back then, that set of like where you'd be playing Wham or even like ELO and like a yeah. mix of like rock disco stuff early to just as like your warm up set. That's pretty much out the window. Yeah, we'll get into opening sets. Later in the podcast. I mean, I feel like we should get to opening sets now that you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, let's do that. No one's gonna, no one's gonna understand us. I feel like what we're talking about. Just keep it's going. Too inside fucking. info. <laughs> right. Just keep talking. That's what we educate them, and you kind of, you guys are getting deeper. I don't even think they want to. Get, you no, keep we touching don't even want to get into it. We can just. Yeah. We can, but it's this. like it sounds like I don't know. No, you'll be like right. you're getting fucked from behind, and you keep oh. trying to keep the chair steady. Yeah. All right, bet. <laughs> 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 Tell me some left shit with cricket, yo. It's like just, huh? You just go left on shit. <laughs> um, like just, what are we talking about? Openers? Yeah, we're talking about openers. Yeah. All right, this should be like nobody the, wants to talk about openers. Man. Yeah, we do. I think people <laughs> really do. We really <laughs> we want got, to talk about All you gotta about know is we got D Miles, King of Vegas. Yeah, but he doesn't even have a mic, so he can't even the speak King about of the early right set, now. the best early sets in Vegas. Not that he's a early set DJ. He's this a, is he's literally a main room two episodes in a row where we stroke in. Darren's hey, opener. Yo, you gotta give yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, he's a professional tough, opener. Yo. It's tough times out here. It's not even. A, he's yeah. not. A, he's not an opener. He's a fucking he's a bro as an opening full DJ. night DJ. But I'm an opening yeah, DJ. I don't want to keep stroking Darren's like. And he came late. Yeah, and he came late. So and we're still stroking his ego. Yeah. Yeah. Really hey. feeling himself right now. <laughs> we What's, all know he he's a dope opener. He's a dope headliner. He is one of the best. Like he has one of the best opening sets. I yes. said another really good opening set that I heard that like floored me was Jessica Who. At, yes. At but and, like yeah. she came up under like this these Miami DJs who yeah. like weren't fucking around kind of. Who was she, like, when she came up, I was like, to be honest, I was like, and I think every good opener should do this where like you're a little lost. Not, you know what I mean? Where they like their opening set was so good and it was so unpredictable that you yeah. didn't know how to follow through. Oh, yeah. You didn't know how to, like, kind of come in. Like, because you're like, damn, I was just going to hit yeah. him with, like, douchebag, like, hits. I mean, I've had definitely nights with D-Miles where it's like, we'll be at or wherever, and he would, you'd just be crushing it because the crowd responds so much to, like, some of those early 2000s, late 90s records to where the crowd's, like, in a frenzy for them. And you're like, what am I? What do I hit him with? What? Well, wild thoughts. What do I go from here? (laughs) (laughs) And then you got another couple of hours, so we could leave the the talk there. Yeah, that's good. Like the opener, like a good opener too, is like when I don't even want to get on. Yeah, I just want to keep listening to them. 
not I don't want to get on because like I hate this and I like want to just go back to my room. <laughs> well, that's because you've been you know that's like an old. I'm, I've been DJing for such a long DJ. time. I'm old and, <sighs> and I hate this. Look at that. <sighs> All right, back to it. openers. Uh, I thought we were about to switch to a more positive. What's your What's your worst opener experience? That you're like, what the fuck? It's are you not doing? a single experience. It's I oh, what's your it's just like a, you had to have one. Let's give us a pet peeve that you're like, yo, don't it's do this. It's just a mentality now of people who don't didn't need to work to become a DJ. They just didn't have to put in the, the same time, and they don't have the same level of respect for. Like when I was an opening DJ, which was for the majority of my DJ career, when I was like, and I still do it. You know, you still. How, how many you, years? How many years do you think? How many I don't years know, have you been DJing? 10, no, 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 five, no, no, no. Just opening, opening. Opening? Yeah, there's an opening. Five, ten years, honestly. Just of being like Of either being a bedroom DJ five. or an opening DJ. Wait, wait, wait. Five, ten years of just opening. From 16 until like 25, definitely. 26, you know, like where you're not getting any headlining spots of any measure. You know what I mean? You're just like, if you get one, it's great and you'll take it. Mm-hmm. But it was always like the people. If I respected the people who I was opening, maybe there's the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe the fact that if I you respected have the respect. DJ on after me, like I, it was, I was going out of my way to try to do a good job, to try to like earn their trust, to try to earn the trust of the, the management of the club, of everyone to like set the vibe for the room. And it was a longer path, but I wasn't treating my early set as a tryout for the main room. And that's then you think that the openers now are always thinking this is my shot or like i'm a i shouldn't be doing this i like, should i'm gonna or i should they just be headlining yeah. or they just don't have the they haven't spent enough time in a nightclub or they're too par- this is beneath me i should be they just don't know how to do I a proper opening head, set sometimes it's not even their fault they're just trying to keep the room bubbling vegas the room is bubbling at 10 45 11 a lot of times yeah and it's hard to like show some restraint and not go fully in and just like what? keep them keep them getting that first second drink keep the room bubbling and not going crazy it's not time yeah. necessarily for hands in the air sometimes you got a manager breathing down your neck that they, they want the energy a little bit right. higher and it's a mm-hmm. to find people who are good at that who aren't gonna well, I, I think that's a major thing too it's not that openers are assholes i don't think yeah i just think they lack the musical knowledge sometimes yeah and then they have that pressure of like, damn, I got to keep this popping. Yeah. yeah. In yeah, order yeah. for me to keep this popping, the only know I know that that song that I could go to that pops is like new shit. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily their fault. So. The I, other problem yeah. is new music. The biggest records of the time are kind of mellow. The biggest new hip hop records are this 70 BPM kind of mumbly stuff. That's not. It doesn't get the room popping. People might like the song. But there's like a, and, a lot of good R and B. There is, but well, if yeah, you go back to the, to the hip-hop, even like from the pop that era, those records, all I do is win. Those are already kind of old records, but they're the all you've got they to keep that room popping late night yeah. because the, all the rest That's of the one shit thing, is like, so I, mellow. I got into yeah. it with an opener, or not, I didn't get into it, but I was just kind of like, you, you don't have to play these certain records, and they were like, this is old. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of shit that's old, but you know. It's just like, you don't understand, I need these. Yeah. Like, these yeah. are what go in between all the slow, shitty new music mm-hmm. that I got to play that everybody might like, but it's not going to get the energy at the level I need it to be at. And, and it's almost like, like, D-Miles will tell you, like, here's the list of what you... Well, he can't arsenal. tell us shit right now, but... Well, yeah. He doesn't have a mic, but if he did, 
here's your list. I almost want to be like, here's your hundred songs. Make it work with these. A hundred, maybe like, like, like eight hundred. What, I mean, regardless, if you can't, you know, it's like two hours. Well, I, I, I learned how to open, like, sets because of this fool. Because all I would, I would Which sing. fool? Oh, Darren. <laughs> the greatest opener of all time. I, like, I remember I would go all, to all his, his gigs. Damn. Yeah. I, it sounds like an insult, but it's not. Like, I want to be, I want to be. <laughs> no, I would go. I want to do, like, an opener battle, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, like, the early he, set he battle. Well, you were constantly sucking his opener cock. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, a whole, that's a whole <laughs> thing about the because show. Of this Riding fool, that early because of this fool, I learned how to open No, well, I'm just saying, you got you to gotta kind of do your studying. Like, you got to go to the club, listen to the open. That's the main thing is to go to the club yeah. three times a week. Yeah, and Hold listen up the wall. And listen from like 11, maybe like maybe from when they open. Yeah, you got to help them open. till they close so you can see how... What not to play? I didn't want to sound like Elder Barge, but see how the rhythm of the night. (laughs) 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 But you want to see like you know like the energy and how it peaks into the night. Like yo, like ten o'clock. Wow, no one's here. What do you? This guy's playing this. Next week you see another opener. Wow, this guy played this. I've never seen anyone play that. And then you see another opener at ten o'clock. You're like, wow, I've never seen another opener play that. Or that was really bad. Yo, you know where I've learned the most is from bad DJs. Oh, Me yeah. too. Bad DJs. Yeah. I hate like I hate like a boring DJ, like a boring DJ that just plays everything predi- like a predictable DJ, like predictable openers that play like predictable shit. I'd I'll rather hear like a really bad <laughs> opener because there's like some genius in what they're trying to do. They just don't know how to execute it. Like they'll play like that one record that I'll be like, oh shit. And everyone stops dancing, and I'm like, yeah, there's something there. He just did it wrong. You know what I mean? But, but you yeah. know what? Sometimes it's not the openers fault. Sometimes the, the main headliner, they play old stuff, but they play like they play like stuff you think is really old that no, what do you nobody's going to play. You mean the headliner will play old shit? Yeah. Like yeah. I open her, like I open for a certain DJ. All right. So great, great, great point. Mm-hmm. But as an opener... The time for you to take advantage of that opportunity is when you close. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. when you close. When you That's close. When you hit them. No. Could I tell you my secret? Wait, or, yeah, uh, yeah. Should I say it? Um, somebody might be like, oh, shit, let me do this. I listen to the openers, and I make sure I listen to their set, mm-hmm. and I listen to what they forgot to play. So when it's time for me to get on the close, I'll hit them with that banger that no, no, but you, they forgot see, but you're, majority you're, of the time. But you're, you're, you're telling it from a different perspective because you're telling it from a perspective where the opener and closer have two different jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of venues but, have the opener and closer does the same, same job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is right. But what I'm trying to say is when you close, yeah. you're actually listening for all the hits that the main headliner did not play. Yeah, right. exactly. So yeah. you can get on and literally like destroy that room. That was like when I used to be exactly. like, yo, that's yeah. a free fall. So yeah. if I open for you and you and you leave it wide open yeah. and I get back on, yeah, I'm gonna embarrass you. Like exactly. I'm gonna try yeah. I'm, I'm gonna shit on I'm you. gonna show you how you like with you, what you what not what you were supposed to do, no, but I'm no. gonna show you like this is what little you left me with and I'm a and I'm gonna fuck the shit out of this shit. Like I'm gonna make this shit work. Yeah. Like you left me onions, you know what I mean? You left me onions and some bologna. And I'll well, make you, like a bar. I'll make something. Well, you, you left know, me lemons. Left a weird combination, but you yeah. left me lemons, and I'm gonna make lemonade. <laughs> and hook that shit up. Yancey, Yancey reference. Lemonade, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. 
<laughs> you didn't quite edit that part up. <laughs> but no, like I'm saying before, like the open this headliner, he played like a lot of music that I wouldn't think would play if I was headlining, like old stuff. Like what's his name? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Do I know him? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what night was it? No, I'm just kidding. This is a couple of years ago. Okay. Oh, was it, was it me? <laughs> nah. So yeah. So when you were closing, you were just like, "Yo, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hit him." Yeah. And yo, you have every right. And that's right. your chance. Yeah. That's, that's when you that's take. When you that's when you can shine. And that's a dope. That's yeah. a dope time because if the headliner gets off and stays for your closing set, you're gonna and, shit. And then, no, no, no. That shows a little something. Like he's kind. Of, and yo, if you're good. The headline would be like, yo, man, remember back in the day, be like, yo, send me that song. Or, yo, what's your name? Like, yeah. yo, send me that joint. Or, like, yo, you killing it, man. They like, yo, there's a level of respect. Yeah. But that's happened to me. Like, the, this happened a different time with the headliner just starting out doing this thing. Then I closed. And then, like, the next few times I heard this headliner spin, he would do the same set I did when I was oh, opening for him. Oh, wow. Like, he'll play the same yeah. song. That has hating. happened to me before. Which is, like, older songs. I'm Wait, just like, who was right. it? <laughs> I was gonna give you a hint, but Almost. I'm not gonna even say it. <laughs> I mean, I had the I had the lucky experience playing on Wednesdays where the owner would just pull if you just weren't if the headliner just wasn't cutting it. It didn't matter if it was 15 minutes, 30 minutes. You just say you're off, and then really? I had to go back on. It was like a crash course. Wait, every so week. You, this is when you were opening and closing at six when years I used ago. To do Wednesdays, yeah, we used to do every Wednesday, and at party and then was, you it, would, it was an amazing you would, party. You would open and close for the headliners, right? Like usually, you'd have big headliners Usually though, right? I was just closing. Usually well, I was like brought in as like a relief pitcher. Uh, and that was kind of my job. And I would go on anywhere between so you, 1.30 and 3, depending. So the, the owner, like if the headliner came on, yeah. the owner would be like, yo, this is, this is all good. And then you would just close at your regular time of like 3 o'clock. If we could, if, yeah, if we were all good, we were But good. if it was not going well, he would pull the, the headliner the signal, and then, yeah, then you would have to go arm, And I'd tap. be in. <laughs> I'd, I'd be watching. I get a text. That was me. Where are you? The fuck are you doing, man? I just kicked the mic. Yeah. Um, I want to hear names, but by, by these DJs. You don't need no, no. I mean, it, you know, some people could hold it down, and then it's a lot of times it's not the DJ's fault. You know what I mean? A lot of times they're doing their thing, and it just doesn't work. Nah, you know. True. But with this, I, with the high stakes club I, like that, where you do I, lose the crowd. I heard a funny story cool. about that shit. What? About a DJ going in there. Uh-huh. And getting wait no no no, there was a list. I do not a, play. The do not play list. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember it was uh what the fuck is the the G six? Like a G six. Like the G six. Oh, the owner hated that song. Yep. That you list know, they, evolved. There's some funny things on that list. They had now, a list that were, you couldn't play one more time. Daft Punk. Yeah. Yep. Damn. And that's a good song. That's a good song. Yeah, it's a good record. Especially then. I mean, it would work. That was crazy. Yeah, Yo, my first year in Vegas, I got into a, almost got into a fight with a manager for playing 50 Cent in the club. Like I played it like three times within a lot, <laughs> within an hour. <laughs> but that song was huge at the time. Yo, you could play that song like six to eight exactly. times a night. <laughs> so oh, this yeah. manager came up to the booth, took took the needle off the record and grabbed the record and ran away. Wow. Was he drunk? He probably was. Yeah. Wait, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even say. <laughs> I, feel like I, I may need know. a job in like the future, so I'm not going to say. Yeah, well, That's you still haven't told me about your worst. You just told me about your the your worst opener. Worst there opener experience. I don't even want to get into like specific. It's just it's 
you know, it's just probably. <laughs> Do we know him, Ross? Nah, I mean, initials. I don't even want to get into it, to be honest. It's, it's just like depressing and like. Sometimes I feel for the guys because they're just trying to do their best. They just want to keep the room popping. It's mildly disrespectful or whatever. Or they're just not very good at it. But like, you know, it's just it's fucking. We used, to, we used to call that doorman duty. What do you mean? If you were open and closer. Yeah, which was the best because you'd have security. All would be loving your. You could. You no, had a great it's opportunity. Door, it's a doorman. Like a doorman opens. And closes. Doorman duty. Oh, I thought you meant like DJing for security. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is also fun. Like doorman yeah, duty. Love, like yeah. uh, open and close. I open and close. Like I'm a doorman. I open and close. I'm a doorman. Doorman duty. I mean, I get it also. It's hard to break out of that. Like when I was doing a lot of early sets, like it's hard to convince the, the management gets real comfortable with you in that position and you do a great job and they don't want to lose you in that spot. So it's hard to break out of the the mold so you do want to like show and prove but like the opportunities come up a dj calls in sick someone can't make it that night it takes like a couple minute. years though and it, but but if you're ready and if you've been holding up the wall and listening to djs my favorite thing to do was like open up have the room good go against the wall hear a dj suck and kind of ruin the room and think about how many things i would do different and just like go through my head like that song didn't work. What would I have done differently? What, do I, what, I, what would I have played instead? And you, after doing that for a couple years, you get those lucky breaks. They just happen. And then when you're in the position, you're, you got the chance to like show and prove. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's kind of the long way of doing it. But if you want to have some longevity, you know, it's the way to, that's the way it's going to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not going to tell us your worst experience? Okay. Worst, yeah, no, I don't even want to get into it. Man. Just if you, I mean, just have a little bit of respect that the person going on after you has to do two hours, and that's their livelihood, and you, three hours, you, and they gotta play all the big records, and they gotta make it all work in the same time, and keep that crowd there. So just like, don't make my job harder. Do whatever you gotta do. Just don't make my job harder, because that's like your only job. Yeah, because if they're playing all the bangers, then it's like, what am I gonna play? Yeah, I'm gonna look. People are gonna look at me stupid because they're gonna think I played that song twice in two right, hours. They're yeah. gonna look at the, the energy at 12:30. Shouldn't be the max energy of the night. It should be. I got my first drink. We're dancing. We're having fun. We're singing along to Nelly and Ja Rule songs. I'm with my friends. I'm feeling that's great. Why, when when you're walking into a club, right? Everyone yeah. feels uncomfortable. I don't care about who. I don't care who you are. You feel kind of uncomfortable. And if you don't know any of the music, you feel even more uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you walk into a club, you kind of want to hear music that you recognize or you can sing along to. Yep. Where you're kind of like, yo, this is, I'm kind of in the groove. Yo, this is my shit. Where you can kind of sing along. And then it's like, it's almost like you're bringing everyone together because you've got a whole group singing along to all of these old joints or maybe yeah. just more memorable joints. Or it could be like even new joints that. But, that, but, but know, here's the thing R&B. The headliners are playing those songs now. Yeah, yeah. You know like why? Alone, because yeah. the music is so segregated now. Yeah. You and know what I'm saying? Now the new music is so mellow mm-hmm. that you got to throw in that faster, more energetic stuff just to kind of balance the like the 21 Savage record. You but yeah, there's so yeah. much music though. There's so much music yeah, where like people lot, yeah. people can't even keep up with that shit. Yeah. You know, like only kids can keep up with that, right? Yeah. Like Little Pump, 21 Savage, the majority of like a Vegas crowd. Yeah. They don't know that shit. I can't keep up with it. Little Uzi R shit. 
Only kids, only these kids yeah. like keep up. Only, with that the shit. only way you can keep up mm. is like the shit you hear on the radio and being constantly played. That's the only not way even the radio, man. Like, and those hey, kids boogie? aren't in the club popping bottles. Hey, no, those kids yeah. aren't in. That's not their world, really. I don't know any A Boogie with the hoodie shit. He's gonna, My he's nephew gonna, knows him. That's how. I, that's how I know of he's him. Gonna, he's gonna be good in a few years. I give you that. That's another thing to talk about with music. Like, is that every like, we're, we're like we would hear artists after the demo stage, after they've been developed, after they've been doing like local shows, right? That's yeah. when we would hear artists back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now we're hearing the artists like literally even before pre-demo stage or demo stage. Mm-hmm. There's and no then, development. You know, there's no development. Yeah. And that's, the, and that's kind of the problem because it's just like... It shows when you see them live. Yeah, it does show when you see them live. But some of these dudes, like, you could, you could just tell, like, little Uzi Vert's dope live. Um, that dude's just, like, he's just a ball of energy just running around. Yeah. So that's pretty nuts. I mean, he has good music, too, to back that shit up, you know. Yeah, no, I like... If the, from the new crowd, he's probably one of my favorites just because he's pretty good. Okay. That's a that's a huge stamp of approval. He's pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean, for, <laughs> yeah. Think about how many like new little fucking rappers there is. Yeah, I mean, it's music for it's music for kids. It's music for a younger generation, which is great, you know. But I kind of rely on them to tell me which, re- unless it's a standout song. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, like I rely on younger people to sort of well, what's the, filter what's the that song to the top and say like this is the. Savage song. What's the last album you listened to? Four four four. Four four four. Yeah. Great album. He's your manager. (laughs) No, I mean I I love that record. I I I listen to that all the listen to it all the time. All the time still. That's one of my favorite. Before that, I listened to the Rick Ross record, which I guess was almost last year now. The whole album? Yeah. You know what I I heard that one was pretty good. The last Rick Ross one? Really? I mean albums like our I don't I'll think listen I listen through. I don't think albums. I would ever listen to a whole Rick I Ross to, album. I listen to Logic album. The oh, he's one? good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's, it's like a movie. It's like a movie. It's like a yeah. movie. Yeah. Twenty one. I gotta check that out. I, like I listen through it. I listen through almost any full album. Um, <laughs> but like just for like for like albums that stay on repeat for the last year, there's not many. Jay's record, I listen to a really lot. Need to listen, yeah. Do you really need to listen to a whole 21 Savage album, though? <laughs> huh? I'll, when I was, I'll, I'll give it a chance to, to Travis Scott. I'll listen to his album. That's a little more melodic. I would say I could listen to, like, a Travis Scott album, but, like, 21 Savage. Like, I tried to listen to 21 Savage album. It's not to say I can it's listen like to any of those albums. To, and, it and, was like I wanted to, like, go somewhere and smoke my... Smoke away I don't think day. it's bad, but I think... <laughs> I don't think like, it's bad, but I just think it's, like, consistently consistent. Like there's no yeah, it's the same like mellow like slow beat. It's, it's like, like a it's kind of like Mob Deep. Like Mob Deep was consistently consistent, except I don't know. Our phone lines just started blowing up. Hold up. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though, right? Just like like Mo- like Mob Deep. Their album would be like I mean besides the one that Q-Tip produced. Infamous. <laughs> yeah, infamous. The ones after that when Havoc was producing it, it kind of yeah. all was like. No, no, well the um the one with um. Quiet Storm. Yeah. That was a good one. But other than that, the ones before and after that, I know what you're saying. It was just like, especially with the, the production. Guy, the guy. It's like records for the heads. Like if you're exactly. a fan, yeah. you're going to love it. Yeah. The standout track, you know, might be here and there, but. What was the one in between Infamous? Like, what was the one after Infamous? 
It had um, G.O.D. Hell on Earth, right? Exactly, yeah. That's actually that one of it, my yeah. favorite albums, but I even hear it like if I wasn't a Mob Deep fan. I didn't like fan, that album, man. I was just exactly. Like, but if yeah. I wasn't a Mob Deep fan, I don't, I don't think they would be like, yo, like the production was just, it was almost there, but not there. Yeah, but it was exactly, kind of rough, yeah. but I don't know. It's, it's, it's like they rushed that album because um, the last one did so good. And I felt like Loud was like, yo, do this album right away. And you could tell by the production, it was just like, Everything sounded the same. That's what I'm trying to say is that it was consistently consistent. It was just like very. Yeah. It's like repetitive. Every song is silent. I'm not, by, by any means, I'm not trying to say that 21 Savage is the new Mob Deep or anything. Like <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, Mediator, what are you doing? I was doing a, a video. Always posting. Got to, bro. Yeah, bro. Okay, um, I have a question. Yep. What you feel about Cardi B? Love mm, her. Great can't question. wait to hear the next song. I can't wait. I love like playing that record in a club. And uh, I got a little snippet of that one. It's like all Meek Millish. Sounds kind of like Dreams and Nightmares. I'm, exci- nightmare-ish. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. For I mean, that. I'm just excited about her. I like her whole energy. I like her vibe. And I think, I mean, anything that's like upbeat for the club that gets girls singing along and like mm-hmm. has that kind of. It's weirdly like an empowering song, or, nah, you know, yeah. like and <laughs> shit. I, I would, li- I wish I had twenty more songs like that to play in a night that wasn't just like on drugs. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, crazy to think that that uh, record doesn't really have a, a chorus. It does have a chorus. Yeah. It's a little bitch. You can't I fuck with me if you wanted to. But that kind of flows with the whole song, so it doesn't really like. No, nah, no, nah, it's a chorus. Jesus Christ. I mean, hopefully she can keep uh, keep coming with records. I like, like that, that new one she had with G Easy. Uh, no Limit? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, skipped through that record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dope, man. yeah. But that shit is hitting, man. It's a big record, yeah. for sure. Uh, ASAP Rocky's on there, right? Yeah, he's, he's the hook. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to. Like, I didn't realize that, that she achieved this with the record. Like, I thought. Like, Lauren Hill, that shit, doo came out, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, 98. You're telling me it's been 20 years since a woman with her own feature, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was on the number one for more than two think, weeks? I thought was it three Kim weeks? had done that, that shit. Real? That for didn't sound right. Yeah. yeah Not for just know, a woman. Because no it, it, I mean, she Rihanna? did two weeks. She did two weeks, and after that, she broke nah, the rapper, record. Rapper, How do you break the record for two weeks? Yeah, I feel like Doolab had to have been one of them for longer than two weeks, right? Is this just like strictly hip-hop? Or strictly like, hip-hop, yeah. not R&B. No, 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 no. This is the top R&B. of the no. charts. This no, no, is no, the Billboard about, charts. Um, female Cardi rappers. B. Female rapper. Yeah. But there's, just, there's yeah, never been real. a female rapper yeah, who was actually. on the, the Billboard one chart for more than two weeks? I don't know. What the number one. Human. No, for more than two weeks. No, no, to be at number one, period. But Lauren Hill was number one. That was the last one. Wow. No, but she broke her record. Like, I think she yeah, was she only was, on there. Because she's on there for three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. She's been on three weeks now. I don't know. In the last 20 years, is that possible? It is. For a So for how a the rapper. fuck? I want to know how the fuck Nicki Minaj she had, the crone, had the crown had the crown that long. She's always on the, she's guesting on somebody's songs. I saw Lil' Kim had the had number one record at a point. She, she had, had Ladies Night. That was in her record, though. It was hers. It? it was. It but was. she had features on it. There was features. Oh, no features. Okay. Yeah, but no features. Nicki That's has a lot of features, too, I guess. She but always had features. I mean, Nicki Minaj is dope, I think. So, but don't like, you think that's like a self-esteem shit? I don't know. Or she wasn't good enough to hold a record by herself? I don't think so, man. 
Or it's her people. Her people were like, yo, no, you need, you need this and you know that. Herself. I don't think so. Nicki Minaj? Right? Some, 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 of the, some of her that. her ghetto joints were like the, the grimy joints in the beginning were dope. Was the, but after that, after the, the first album. What was that song? Remember that shit? Did it to him. Did it to him. Did it That was one of their best records and it was her alone. That shit didn't hit Billboard number one, but. Well, at the time when she came out, she was like, like she was the head of cat, like she was trying to be like the queen of cash money so they just grouped her up with drake yo matter of fact she's the first cardi b is the first girl not to come out of a crew yeah that's true yeah like she wasn't part she wasn't like the girl break dancer who like you, you know think about it who's like, the, <laughs> like the, the break dance teams they would have that one girl that would be like oh like she, she, she was dancing the but secret not. weapon and you think about it, every rapper like lauren hill was with the fugees eve was with rough riders lil kim had biggie foxy had nas and jay Remy and Marley Cardi B is like Cardi, herself. Cardi came it's from like, Sue's Rendezvous. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for you guys who don't know, Sue's Rendezvous is a strip club <laughs> in the Boogie Down Bronx. Chimed in with a footnote. That's, uh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, shit. I hope she has a million more of those number ones if they keep they get the same response in the club. Everyone was bitching at her because she said at that live show that she's like, yeah, I'll take all your favorite rappers' songs. I'll redo them. I'll take their flows. And they thought that was fucked up. And I didn't think that was fucked up. I thought that was like what, yo, everyone wants a female version of something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Little Kim was a female yeah. version of Biggie. Biggie. Foxy was a female version Jay-Z. Of, of Jay-Z, Jay. right? Remy Ma was like a fat Joe. A fat Joe. Yeah, yeah. So you like, and then they remember like even the cadences and rhymes. So like if you hear like Junior Mafia, um, you know, like you heard Little Kim rhyme in certain, certain parts the same as Biggie did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and you thought that was <laughs> cool because it was like a female. Even the same hesitation. You know? But you ever heard? Yeah. The, you ever heard some of them demo tapes from the Junior Mafia first album, where Biggie was rap, Lil Kim's part. <laughs> I have. I don't. I don't. I have like a few of them. Like um, yeah, was, Ju- um, was Junior Mafia anthem. So he's like, "Yo, eat my pussy." Biggie was saying, "Eat my pussy." The Queen B. I have it. The demo of that shit. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yo, you should bring that so we could play it. I will bring it next time. I want to hear that shit. Yeah, I mean, Cardi B, I mean, I don't know. She's I don't got, know she, she just got a lot of personality. Lot I don't energy. know if she's writing her shit. She might be writing her shit. I doubt it. doesn't it. really matter I really to me. I doubt it, but still. It's, I mean, I yo. It, was Minaj writing her shit? Nicki Who? Minaj writing her shit? Nicki Minaj writing Cardi B shit? No, Nicki Minaj writing her music. Mm, was no. it Safari writing it? Supposedly, and supposedly. That, that comes with everybody. Every woman, like, yeah. rapper, every, there's supposedly she somebody Every rapper, shit. basically. That's every rapper, though. Yeah, we can't just put on, like, the females like they weren't writing this That's shit. No, yeah, but a lot of people be just looking at the females, which is trash. But. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, there's, there's going to be a lot more, like, I don't know. Everyone's going to. I think people are so hungry for that, just, like, some energy in hip-hop, just, like, a little bit of a spark. Yeah, definitely need It's it. just kind of sleepy right now. The new records are just a little. Yeah. It's, it's good, and I get why people like it, you know? I can understand the vibe of it, but for the club... I'm just dying for more records that like hit you that girls can sing along to and people like wake up when it's on and I can rewind it five times like there's not enough of those. Yeah, but there's a lot of elements. I don't know if it's necessarily the music. I think it has to do with like the clubs were are built around bottle service, right? Yeah. Who's buying bottles right now? Like you don't have kids buying bottles. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? No. They're pre-gaming. Remember when we DJed that um the 90th anniversary for new? 
with little Uzi Vert. Yeah. It was like nothing but 18-year-olds or like 16-year-olds yeah. in there. Yeah. And we were playing like like some of the newer records that would not hit in the club, but they were wilding the fuck out to. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was like crazy. Like I hadn't seen energy like that like in a while, in a long time. But I'm saying like you don't get that same energy in a bottle service like club. You get like totally different clientele. You have dudes in there for like totally different agendas. They're not there. They might be there for music, but they're more, you know what I mean? It's a different environment. Why, why do motherfuckers buy bottles? Why do we buy bottles in the club to floss, right? Yeah. But like, yo, Who's like. buying bottles in the club? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was the motivation to have a bottle in the club to floss? And, you know, but yeah, like, but like now, girls, like, yo, like ways. kids, like these kids, if I was like 21, my, I wouldn't want to like floss in a nightclub. Yeah. Like my my main agenda would be to floss on like the gram. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this or like you know what I'm saying? Like how I look and what I'm doing on Instagram is like my biggest floss than me flossing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think the mentalities are changing. I don't know if nightclub bottle surface I don't know if it's going to change in the next it definitely has to change in the next 5 years. You know it's got to change because like you said, right? The older shit is still hitting in the clubs right now. Yeah. yeah. That's got to tell you about the clientele that's in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if, it, if it was, you saw like in the last 15 years, I mean, we've all been DJing around that time. In the last 15 years, the music is always updated and, every, and the clubs have kept in, like, in tune with it. Now it seems like more and more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. So that's got to show you about something going on in the clubs. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And it's not enough that there's, like, young girls in the clubs. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not spending the money. Am I getting too deep here? No. Club economics. With Tarasa's point, too, just because, like, the music is sleepy, so you have to revert back to these older records, which kind of works in your favor. But that's what I'm saying. If you had a club, if you had a club with, like, younger kids, like, motherfuckers that were 20, 21, it wouldn't be like, yo, this record isn't working. You'd be like, yo, this record's a fucking hit. Right. These kids are wilding the fuck out. We'd be playing, like, Little Pump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they would be like, you know, dang, 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 dang. They'd be like wilding the fuck out. When you play this with like all the people in the club now, you're just like, yo, this is why, like, this ain't working. Yeah. But then you play like Be Faithful and everyone's wilding the fuck out. Yeah. Like, Be Faithful to this day. Is it, it's it's still yeah. one of my biggest records of the. Yo, shout to Crooklyn Clan. DJ uh, Riz. DJ Riz, Sister yeah. Hands. To this day, it's still one of the biggest records if I drop that shit. Yeah. That's crazy. They should crazy. all have mansions on the beach for that record somewhere. You that know? song was like, what, 20 years old? More than 20 years old, no? Nah, it's like 20. No, it's about 20. came out like in 97. Special it? Oh, record. Yeah. Around that, yeah. But it didn't get popping. Like, the remix, I think, really got no, popping like, 04. What remix? What remix are you talking well, about? Well, the Cricket Plan one. 04. Be Faithful is <laughs> a Faith Evans record, right? Yeah. And that's Never knew record. Love Like This before, which came out like in 95. Did it? I thought it came out in 97. The Faith Evans I'm talking love about. Love Like This. Yeah. Yeah. Never knew Love Like This. That, that wait, what you, so you thought Be Faithful was... Wait, wait, wait. So you thought Be Faithful was the remix to the Faith Evans record? Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you going to get it for this one, Jamie. <laughs> right, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Do we have nah. to explain this shit to him or no? No. Maybe later. But yeah, never. Right really another time. Nah, I kind of want to play for another episode. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. You want to explain this to him? 
I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling you. Go ahead. You're, 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 uh, do it? Whole vibe right now. I think you got <laughs> the energy. Ready? You ready to do I it? Think you got yeah, the energy you for it more Explain it to you me. You know what I need? I needed, break, I needed clarification down. first. I clarified, like, wait, you think this is a remix of that? And then I was like, that's not, that's not, yeah, that's yeah. wrong. But you think about it. The record did come out mad early, like in the 90s. I right, wish so, it was a I, remix. Everybody would have got paid. But you understand, yeah. like, so, like, around that time, Party Breaks was, like, it was the shit. Yeah. Well, not a remix. Yeah, the Party Break. That's what I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. We can't fucking talk to these millennials, man. <laughs> these millennials be fucking. Is that what the story is now? Well, that's right. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. I think I fucked up calling it a remix, but yeah, the break. This is like the scene in Menace to Society. <laughs> yeah, you know, fucked up, right? Yeah, anyway, it was a party break, and then, you know, there were multiple party breaks, like the Benjamins, right? Yeah. Uh, Quiet Storm. Number one. 900 number one. Clear yeah. my throat. Yeah. yeah. And then there's also that whole DC, they probably started that shit. The DC, what is DJ that called? Cool. But what's that scene, that scene called? Go-Go? The Go-Go. Go-Go. Let me clear my throat. That kind of started the whole party mm-hmm. break shit, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of just like not really rapping, but more like... Yeah, DJ Cool was definitely the first. But that to started like do it. That it breed yeah. yeah. response it, over well, the Well, maybe it didn't start no, with DJ. No, it started because Funk Master Flex had a couple of Starsky, I mean, couple go, go, of breaks, back way, party but, breaks back. But that the stems day. from like Lovebug, Starsky type shit, right? Back in the day, doing all that. The hip hop, hippity hop pop, don't stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until my car rocks. It was. It actually <laughs> came out. Of, I probably feel like mostly just like DJ culture, just being on the mic, calling response. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I kind mean, of like doing what you do in the club, but putting it on a record. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, don't you think these new rappers is kind of like a new version of that, but like a, a maybe less energetic, more horrible version? Like, you know? I don't even know. No, I don't. Now I think it's almost like make your voice blend in with the beat a little bit, auto tune it, and make it almost monotone. Whereas those records. Well, like, like Fat Man Scoop's voice was so aggressive against the beat. It was just yeah. like... Well, think about Juju on the beat, right? Yeah. That's kind of like a party break record. Yeah. yeah. Dance, like right? a step dance record. I kind of look at Magnolia like that. Yeah. Because I, I, don't, know, I don't know what he's saying on that record. But it just sounds like yeah. he's trying to like... I know like four words. In New York, I'm Millie Rock. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Zim, 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 zim. No but then chorus. like he's just kind of like... And I'm them and that. I don't them and that. Whoa. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's everybody. <laughs> yeah, but like that whole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It sounds good, but I don't know what he's talking about. It sounds good for like the first 30 seconds or 45 yeah. seconds. After a while. That record to me sounds like a record that they didn't intend to be a club banger. Yeah. And then it just became that. I like, feel like if there was someone over 30 in the studio when they were recording it, it would have t- sounded totally different. Yeah. Someone yeah, who like, would, big up, make the drums bigger. Or just like kind of like, wait, wait, wait. Sound, sound quality better. It's just, <laughs> what's our focus bad. here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, play Cardi, what, what's your focus Where here? Where do you see All right? this being played? It's cool. You're running with the beat. Where's the chorus? Like, what are you trying no, to say the, on the this engineer. record? Huh? The engineer yeah, should have done a better well, job. The engineer, that's not his job. Is no, that to, to make the record sound. But there now, probably wasn't an engineer. It was probably filmed in like someone, some, it was yeah, filmed. Not, it was recorded in no, some dude's house. Nowadays, the artist is the engineer, the producer. Like he does all the shit in his laptop and he has a microphone like that. And he records I think our, our bullshit podcast microphones and studio equipment here was better than what they had to, to record. Mix song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, It probably was. It was probably just meant to be a mixtape track. Or 
That's what I'm saying. That. No. Yeah, but nah. they should have went back in the studio and mixed it better to make it sound Woo. louder. Now, it's next just, time you guys, next time we play that record, you're gonna laugh and chuckle while you're doing this. It's, it's only missing a chorus, like a sing-along chorus that repeats. You know what I mean? That's what it His, needs. It needs the like chorus doesn't repeat. It doesn't at all. There isn't a chorus. Hey, Akadi, 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 Akadi. And then like a shanty, and then like a shanty, and then like a shanty. <laughs> <laughs> feel like you ghost right there, right? Huh? <laughs> probably ghost right there. I just would have been in the studio like, look, nah, this is cool. Let's do a second take. But before you even touch that mic, why don't you get some thoughts on paper? <laughs> and like kind of, you know, just a little structure. Let's do something. An intro, like an essay, right? Intro, yeah, intro. you got your middle, your and then let, and let's bring it all to, like, <laughs> bring it all together let's conclude at the it. end. Like, let's get the triangle back down, you know, near the end of the song, you know? Like, you know. <laughs> there's none of that. It's the hardest song of the year to mix out of, for sure. You're like, you're just picking it random. But it doesn't really work in the, in the, in the club. It works for the first, the first, it comes in pretty good, you know, seconds, and like the Pierre drop seconds. is cool and it's just, it, there's no structure to it. So the people kind of get lost, you know, and you don't really know the words, so you're not singing along. You just kind of like fizzle. No, the buildup of that, of the intro, that, that's, that kind of like, kind of amps up the kids. Well, the what are you talking about? The first part of the melody. You hear me? No, 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 the beat. But it's kind of how music wait, is wait, now. Sing it again. The beat kind of builds it but up. But how did it go? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he even starts that is off beat. Yeah. It's not an eight bar. Like, even when he's like, he like said the chorus twice. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts off like, yeah. up, like two bars early. And then he had to start rapping, right? I don't know. Someone there needed to know about meter, structure. Count well, bars. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, who, who am I to judge? Maybe that, that's the genius of it all, but I don't know. Yeah. It's I mean, the first time that record I saw get a response, I was DJing and like the ASAP crew was there, the ASAP mob was at the club and they were requesting it like, obviously that's like their- you Was know, this in Harlem yeah. in New York? <laughs> no, it was in, in Miami actually. And it came on and it was just like mayhem, but just for them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was almost a song made for them. Well, Rocky directed that video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's responsible think, for a lot of that. I think Cardi runs with uh, the, the ASAP kids. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like his crew. But that they were really like yeah. pushing it. But like once it has to go beyond that into like more mainstream, it just no. needs. But that's like, the, that's exactly what we said. If we were in that room with yeah. the kids, 16 and 19, 20, Yo, and we played that, it would be a monster. A monster. Huge. Huge. And we could play it to the end. We'd be but, like just know. that New York and Millie Rock, I need to hear that three times throughout the song, a breakdown with like structure, like make that a chorus, make it something people look forward to. So they like, but we're, we're also in the club and in, in the club, that's pretty much all I think about is how long can I play this song until it fizzles? You know, well, how, we just start, I mean, you, when you play a song as a DJ and you're in the club, you play a song, you're, you're looking at the crowd. Right. And you can, you can see the energy, right? Yep. And you can see the energy die after 15 seconds or 10 seconds. After and the then, hands go down. Well, it doesn't even, it's even after that. Yeah. And then after that, you're in your head, you're thinking, fuck, what's the next song? Or I already know what's the next song. Or I already have an out. But the, mm -hmm. the point of it is, is how long can I sustain this one song and let this keep playing before I cut it out? Yeah. 
Because like Cardi B, right? Mm-hmm. That's a huge record. Yeah. But I don't give a fuck what you say. As, as you go towards the second verse here in Las Vegas, you're, you kind of already lost, motherfuckers. I don't, I don't agree with you. I run that all the way through. Huh? I'll let, let it thing play end. to the end. That's like the know. Hot Boy record. Remember the Hot Boy record by Bobby Schmurter? I'll let that yeah. run That one the rocks end. the whole way through. Yeah. I cut that shit off. I cut the middle part off when he talks about the G-Star. I cut that verse off and I go straight to the, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I love those records where you can play three minutes. I like live yeah. for that shit. I don't know. I see the a little I see, break. You can have a drink. You don't have to I be see sweating the crowd. and stressing. Come on, man. You, I see the crowd dying out. Yeah, but then they come back with that song record because the the high point is the the drop. It's a little in bitch. The end. Yeah. No, I'm talking about Schmurder record. Oh yeah, yeah. But Cardi B, I don't Cardi, Cardi B, B that record. I never see it really fall off. Like maybe people get a little, but the core they're always waiting on that chorus. Yeah. That they know. I don't know. I've always been like, uh, like I go into the second. I'm like, another one is um, Young and May. Yeah, yeah, that one you can skip through or you can let it run. Yeah, the first verse kind of, the first verse in the chorus is like. That's you got to give people something to look forward to. That's like two thirds of the way through the song to keep them in it. I think young. I think you guys are a little off on young man. I think you got to play it from like the juicy part, and then you got to get out. What are you talking about? Young M.A. What juicy part? Like just where the beats out, and she's like, you know. Oh no, it works. People get into it. You call me Stephanie, you call me Anthony. That, <laughs> yeah, like but the, but if after I that, can milk another minute out of it. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a problem. It's like yo, I'm, yeah, but I'm talking what? about I'm talking you got, about you got, you, know. like you got this whole like onslaught of eighty something BPM records you can play that keep the energy moving. I got mm. it's a struggle. I give it to you with Hot Boy. I think Hot Boy you can play all the way through. Yeah. Cardi B, yeah. Now you can play it all the way through. But me, I see the second verse like. It like you know. Well, hey, if you want to hear the second verse of Cardi B, you can come catch me tonight at the club. I'll play it twice. See, I don't know. I'll run. I'll run the track to the to the one. Back to the one. Back to the one. I'll keep repeating the repeating and repeating it to the point where it would have been the equivalent of where I already oh, yeah, played yeah, a verse. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay, nice. that's fair. What's our next subject? What's next on your? I don't know, should we go into rap tees, right? We should touch that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we well, let's do yeah, We're going to beat that, that dead horse. Nah, come on, yeah. I mean, listen, we know you're the uh, you know, we know you, you know, you put together rap tees. We know yep. you're a rap tee fanatic. Yep. Um, I how did many, Wait, how many do you own? That that's you know? such a dumb question. Nah, cuz it's like a sneakerhead. Like, <laughs> you got a lot. You got a, a lot. lot. A 500 lot. plus. Yeah. Okay. Continue. All right, let's get into the root of this shit. Off killer no filler though. No no I'm here to fuck with him because he says dumb shit. You can't let him get away with it, you know? Because I'm young and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to learn. Element. You got to learn. Yeah. The hard way or the easy way. All right, I have What's a What's your favorite Air Jordan? <laughs> I have a question for Ross. That's the type of questions he has. But really? I have a question for you, Ross. You're telling me that you're working on a new book, right? No. So that you're not doing it now? I mean, I'm, I, it's always kicking. Like, I got enough teas to do another book. Well, no, it's you want just, to do the book about the flyers. Oh, yeah, flyer book. Yeah. That's another idea that's been kicking around. Mm-hmm. The material is there, but I just need to get the motivation. Oh, the flyer will be fucking sick. Yeah, I got a big collection of flyers. Bertha Hip Hop flyers from like mid-70s. That would be dope. 76, 77 through about 82, 83. Mm-hmm. Problem with that book is the, the audience is even more limited. And um, it's just like... Just yeah. sitting down and doing it, you know? That's what sure like, you sell at Urban Outfitters for like a coffee table book. I don't know, man. I, I love hip hop 
and I love old school flyers. I just don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't have any interest in having a book to see all of those joints. But you know what I do think is interesting? If you were going to do flyers, I think it would be more interesting as like a documentary. Like where About you're, where you're telling the story behind the dope flyers or the events that happen mm-hmm. but as a book of just looking at the flies like the artwork is dope so how about if you have the book and you mention the fly like what what happened who was well, at this party with, with, with the, the old cassette <laughs> it comes with the cassette tape and you play and you listen along that would be dope <laughs> I sold one do of them do you know about this that would be you, do, do you millennials know about this which one right. so back in the day they used to have audio tapes that went with like the books oh yeah like, like, yeah, like Star Wars, right? Star Wars be, Return of the, the Jedi. The would be made out of that puffy plastic material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a that still happened like molded. elementary they were doing that. Like in the 90s? They were still doing that? Probably with a CD or something. That's awesome. CD-ROM. What was the, the Scholastic? I mean, the thing about doing books is it's really like a labor of love. And the return isn't that great. You know, you might get some press out of it. It's expensive. It's expensive. It costs a lot to make. It takes a lot of time to make. And the return so, isn't, you know, no, you're not getting rich off of making books about hip hop. You but know? your last book, it did it, good. Right? It was really successful, but, yeah. but it's a lot of work. And success isn't financial success necessarily. You know, you're not like out here are you still living getting, your life. Are you, you mind me asking, are you still getting checks off of that book? Or I mean, wanna... yes, but a book check is just... <laughs> unless your unless your book is Harry Potter, you know what I mean. Unless you're a bestseller. All right. So, like, with one of your checks, <clears throat> what kind of like dinner date would you have? Uh, like an inexpe- like a, a me- medium range sushi dinner date, omakase, something like that. Broadway you know show I mean? or a movie? No Broadway show. No, I mean that's coming out of DJ money. <laughs> but you don't do books for that. I mean, you don't make books about a collection of T-shirts to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. You do it you for the love of it. You do it so, to like put them all in one place <clears throat> to to capture that collection. Right. And to so make now that we're talking about the love of it, right? Yeah. How do you feel about? You know, obviously, I've I've known you for a few years now. Yeah. So I know how long you've been doing this, and then. How do you feel seeing this big phenomenon like blow up on like rap vintage tees. rap tees, vintage tees, and just seeing it kind of blow up and even having celebrities come to you asking or like stylists come to ask mm. for like tees and it's kind of like, you know, they, they don't know the history behind it. They don't give a shit. They just want to wear it because it's right. trendy right now. I, I think it was going to happen whether I did the book or not. I think it was like already yeah. starting to happen. Um, it was so kind I, of impeccable timing, though. It was yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, we saw, I saw it coming and, and knew that, like, the book had to come out quick. Uh, but I think it's almost kind of on the tail end. I think the Raptiste thing in the mainstream with artists and stuff. I mean, people are always going to love wearing a T-shirt with their favorite rap artists, and there's certain rap artists that are going to be timeless. Anytime you wear a shirt, you're going to get a response for it. Mm-hmm. But the moment... Is almost on the decline, which I welcome. I always welcome when like. What do you mean the moment? Just like the rap tease thing, where it's like this big, where it's this hyped up thing for kids. I don't see like. I think maybe it's a little bit. It just got blown up, and the T-shirts were all selling for a thousand dollars, and it was going crazy. And now I think, and now it's at Urban Outfitters, and it's everybody's bootlegging them. The bootlegging the bootlegs. Even you go to like Gucci, they're bootlegging the bootlegs. We were there the other day and like- Bleach joints and all that shit. Yeah, so it's it's run its course and I think it's gonna decline, which 
I welcome. I love when things kind of go back out of style again. The great thing about being my age, our age, you know, mid thirties, early forties, whatever is, is that you can stop caring about trends. You don't have to follow. You just wear what you like. I, I think I disagree. Okay. I disagree just because I don't think it's, I do think it's, I think it's in style right now Mm -hmm. and it is quote unquote trendy, but I think what more importantly happened is a lot of people got educated on the scene that they weren't necessarily educated on before. So, and to me, there's too much history for it to just die. Like it won't, it it might, I I agree with you that the buzz will go down, Mm -hmm. but it will sustain itself because it's more of an introduction. It's kind of like it introduced itself into the fashion scene. Right. Rather, whereas like bell bottoms is like a trend. Do you understand? Right. But I think this has so much history and this, you know, whether it's a rap tee or a concert tee, merch, whatever, mm-hmm. there's like, there's all the sentimental value on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much yeah. history on it that it's never going to die. It's just been introduced to the point where like, oh shit, like, yeah, like it becomes a regular thing now where you're like, yeah. Like a vintage tea. That's my vintage teas. Whereas no one would have a vintage tea before. Right. People would have gotten rid of it now. But right. now they now people are like, no, that's some, that has value. They want now. to keep it now. Yeah. Now they're like, yo, yeah. I want to keep that, and I want to like give it to my kid. Yeah. yeah. Or I want to. So people are starting to see that, and it's actually affecting um, the way people shop mm-hmm. because people don't want to shop anymore, like on a whim. They want to get these key pieces. Everyone's a collector now. That's what it is. Everyone mm-hmm. is a collector. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think you're. I think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I just think like I don't think the trend's gonna die. I just think it's introduced kind of like camel, right? Like camel's not gonna die, but there are, trend, there are times when it's like uber trendy, right? And there's times when it's not. But it's just kind of like it's all in how you do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. Part yeah, of the or who does cultural it too, right? dialogue or whatever. But but what is interesting about it is like the stuff that I got into collecting for rap tees which is like that late 80s kind of golden era through late 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff from like 85 until 90, the kids don't really want. They don't, they're not interested in Eric B and Rakim shirt or Run DMC. Mm-hmm. They, want, Rakim shirt. <laughs> they want the stuff that was like, not even when they were kids, but like when they were a little before when they were kids, the Tupacs, the Bone Thugs, kind of like 95, 96. But they don't want it for the sake of the music. Why do you think they well, want? Well, I don't know. I mean, they they for might the, for the flex. But I the think ground. the fashion. I, I think, feel like they want it because it's trendy. It's just like, yeah, but it's no, no, cool. no, no. I want to know why. I want to know what the influence is. That why these certain T-shirts. They want pop. the boot. They want Obviously, the Tupac legs. and Tupac and Biggie, right? More more yeah. Tupac, right? Obvious, right? Nirvana, right? Yep. Uh, all of this nine inch nails. Nine like, inch nails. Uh, all of that shit. Yeah. These. But they rock ACDC. But back in it, like, why, why is it okay for someone to wear that? I mean, it's it is okay for someone to wear that and not know the song. But I don't ba- think it's okay. <laughs> I think they like the graphics. I mean, I'm saying in this they, in the world, you could do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you could wear whatever you want. Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there has to be. You have to know. Like, it's kind of like me wearing. I know this is a little dramatic, but like, if I'm like, yo, that sh- that swastika looks cool. I want that T-shirt. Okay, yeah, he I'm went gonna, left. that is a little. No, 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 no. He went left. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm not educated on it. Yeah. And I go out and I wear that shit. Do you understand? No. Like, and people start asking questions about that shit, and then I get all mad because I offended certain people because I don't know anything about what I'm wearing. Do you understand? It'd be like yeah. if you went around wearing like a, a Cinderella 
like a hair metal group shirt. No, but or I'm something. trying to I'd be I like, what do you know about it? No, and exactly. Like, yeah, and I see that a lot. No, but like, I'm trying to say why it, it's so insulting because it's kind of like you're wearing that, but you don't care to know what the fuck you're wearing, and you, but you're representing that. Yeah. But you don't know what it's about. Exactly. I mean, the swastika was extreme, like no, I said. Like, but. Um, <laughs> I yeah, you were in the left. <laughs> what was gonna say? Not like, but I I'm was, saying no one would do that. I'm no, no one would go out and wear and no, no wear. Like, I see like hip hop you know heads wearing a Def Leppard T-shirt. Well, they, yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. know one song. Def Leppard. But, like, so who the fuck but I'm is saying Def that's what I'm saying. Why would you represent yourself like that? Unfortunately, no, yeah, that happens a lot though because I, when the uh, the Sade T-shirt happened for Supreme, you mean Sade? They're <laughs> fucking calling her Sade. I got pissed because I was like, yo, like. You know, fuck it's. But you can't get mad at the kids. You gotta blame the parents. <laughs> That's true. My mom did. I, I look at I look at the kids and I'm like, yo, it's not your fault. Your parents suck. Yeah. Yo, your parents suck real bad. Even even when uh the Nas T-shirt and I was still working at the shop, K walks like, yo, I want this T-shirt. I'm like, why? It's Supreme. I said, I'll give it to you. I'll sell it to you if you give me, if you tell me your top three Nas songs. And he goes, I hate me now. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I can't remember all the other names. I'm like, dude, I can name you 20 off the top. And you can't give me three? And then, you know. Did you give him a shirt? He didn't want to buy it at the end of it because he kind of felt stupid. Mm -hmm. But then uh, he made a video on YouTube uh -huh. with the same exact scenario. And then he was the one asking the kid, yo, do you know the songs? And, wow. blah, blah. and dope, I was man. like, yo, I, I tweeted him. I was like, yo, you owe me a check for that. But that's what happens, though. Like, wow. it's all for the fucking, like, I remember when Morrissey, even the Morrissey T came out for Supreme. No one knew who the fuck Morrissey was. I couldn't tell you one Morrissey song. Like tell you about <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, one Smith song. I mean, that shit was devastating when they did that. And I got a lot of respect for Supreme, but like they, I got a lot of respect for their, for their business, but they got to chill, you know, like they're, they're touching on some, like, there's certain things that are sacred, you know, and like Morrissey is one of those things. And like a real Morrissey fan isn't shopping at Supreme, isn't waiting in line at Supreme. And they know that. And I get yeah. that they just want to be cool and they want to work with the greatest people. And I, and I, you know, I, and if and if I could do a T-shirt with Morrissey, I would do it. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy that but it, Morrissey but afterwards the, but was like. But don't you think that's it? Don't you think that's it? Is that like wow? Like imagine if you had a brand and you had the number one brand and you had all of yeah. these these things to do, and it to us you're like wow you're being an asshole, but to you you'd be like I'm no I'm enjoying myself. But like, there's a point you know where where you gotta have a little. These guys know. I mean they did a Neil these Young. Are, these are was, these, was it Neil Young. Neil, Neil Young, like yeah. I just think they know doing their, they whatever know, they want. They know where their clientele is. They know who's going to be waiting in a line around the block, and they know it's not. They, I don't know if the uh, if the thought I, process is I'm going to hip these kids to this new music that maybe no, I don't think they care. That, I don't think they care. Yeah, that but exactly like not caring when you're a company with that much clout and that much responsibility. No, but I think that's why they do well is because they don't care. They don't care about what they these kids think or anybody thinks about what they're doing. They're just like. Yo, I love this. This is yeah, cool. They, I can't I believe mean, this dude is. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, but, but you know what happened then? Morrissey came out and he was like, "Fuck y'all." I mean, released like a, like a scathing statement, like, "Don't release this shirt. I don't support yeah. you. I don't." Wasn't support he wearing about a Supreme shirt? For yeah, the photo. But then afterwards, the 
So how can he talk shit? Because he's like a he's like a extreme animal lover. I heard, vegan. Like, I heard in his concerts they not they don't serve. Yeah, what did they do? Did they, did they make meat. a fur coat out of his shit? No, what but like, he doesn't support companies that use leather or fur in any of their. Like items. when he performs at Madison Square Garden, they can't serve no meat. Yeah, all veg. He takes a really firm stance on. Yeah. It. Um, so, I anyways, have, it was an issue afterwards, I but. Have, I've heard that, but he wore these, the shirt. No, but these pictures are being taken years in prior. The well, Nazi they all, shirt they was, gave him like a however whatever crazy check they gave him yeah. to, to a, whatever charity or whatever yeah, foundation the, he, that he wanted was the deal. The Shadi the Shadi shirt came out last year. Was it last year? Or this I think year? it was last year. Oh no, it was this year. It was this year. Sorry, in January. They've had a lot of Shadi shirts, no? Not only one. They had one. Diamond no, they had, had like a, a bootleg one, no? Diamond had one, but. Um, Sade, the Sade t-shirt came out, but that was like four years ago. That shit was made four years ago. So they're just sitting on product. Yeah. So this Nas shirt is from years back. The, uh, the Morrissey one's from years back. So you can't be mad. I'm, I'm not mad. I mean, I got so much respect for that company and how they continue yeah, to grow it. And, but it does, I mean, it hurts definitely like for a real fan to watch something that you've spent your whole life listening to t-shirts you spent your whole life collecting to watch it just kind of get kind of pimped out on these kids and i don't know if it's in the name of like some culture or in the name of profit whatever people are going to do it no matter what Mm -hmm. but you know that the dudes behind it are real dudes who actually like the music and actually love the artists and so it's hard then when you see when you know that the clientele isn't going to be people who have the same respect level who haven't put in the time honestly it all goes back to like what we were talking about before being a kid being in a record store spending f- five ten years of your life on the floor fucking digging through records getting dusty learning about every member of james brown band every member of earth wind and fire and just like putting in your time and earning it mm-hmm. and then it feels like now all that time has just been erased for kids today and it's just like i want it in a span of like it. 20 years I'm going to have it now. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to resell it. I'm going to buy it. And it, it just takes everything that's sort of special and it makes almost like a... I agree, yeah. It just turns it into profit, which for some reason in 2017 feels extra stingy. You know what I'm really you know curious I mean? to like, see? I'm really curious to see all of these kids when they get to like their 30s. What kind of a 30-year-old they become? Just a boring... Boring. Yeah, none of them. Makes, like, you, make, I don't makes know. you boring. I think my That's mom it. and dad for the way they raised me should, because like they put me into great music and I learned it way early. And like, it was what like, type of music? Like my mom was a Motown records would not stop playing. Sade would not. Fuji started playing uh, for a while. How old are your parents? My mom is forty nine and my dad's fifty four. Yeah. And then it, it would divide in the house because my dad would play like the rock shit. And then my mom played all, like the Motown and hip hop R&B shit, and then my uncle would play other hip hop like the Tupac and the gangster shit. So I kind of got it at all aspects or whatever. But yeah, nowadays like it just I don't know how these fucking kids are gonna turn out. I get wild. excited when I see the kids like going crazy at like a Travis Scott show, and because I feel cool. like they're real fans, and I feel like this is their thing, and they can fully embrace it, and they'll have memories of it. And I love seeing them like out wearing the merch. You know what I mean? And like fully embracing it and like that's their thing because i think when you're especially when you're adolescent in those impressionable years you need shit like that that like makes you into the person you're going to become kind of and you just hope that they get sort of like a well-rounded 
you know, like when we were talking about pre-internet, like you had to work for everything. You had to work for every CD, you know, like just to have yeah. the knowledge, just to like learn about it. And now it's yeah. so instant that you do lose a lot of that like time in the middle where it's like you're not being cool. There's nothing cool about like <laughs> being in a record store for six hours. You know what I mean? Or, or like needing to like be on a, a hunt or wanting things so bad that you're like up at night drawing them and shit like that. You know, it's like, it's not cool. But in the, in, in the process, like you weirdly become kind of an interesting person because you're paying dues and like you're learning about all this other shit and you're filling your time. And now I just, it's just so instant, you know, anything you want, you have it now. And if you don't have it right now, it's, it seems weird. Yeah, because it creates like a, a not only a level of patience, right? But yeah. a, like a respect for whatever you're doing. Because if I'm a DJ and I meet him and I hear him DJ, I know he had to kind of go through a fucked up process like me. So I kind of look at him like, yo, you're okay. Right, you're okay with me. On Remember we used to look level. at DJs like, yo, you're okay. Like, yo, this dude. Like, if we saw a DJ, it's like, honestly, remember in the 90s? Like, if this motherfucker was listening, like, if he was listening to, like, Smith & Wesson, he had to be okay. Right? Because <laughs> not a lot of motherfuckers were listening to that, right? Yeah. Like, if you knew all of that shit, like, you were okay. Like, if you heard, like, if I was walking by a car and a motherfucker was playing, like, Master Ace or some ill shit, like, you kind of be like, yo, what up, man? Right. You'd be like, yo, respect, up? man. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you kind of, or if, like, I was wearing, like, a Columbia rain suit with Tim's, like, you kind of, like, got to look at, like, yo, right. this, this motherfucker knows what's going on. And we yeah. can relate on some level right out of the gate. Yeah, like, and, and even, it's even worse for me because I was Asian. So you'd be like, yo, look at this Asian kid. He's kind of <laughs> on top of shit. Yeah. You know? So, but, yeah, like, now it's just, like, everyone can become, it's, it's an instant. I can be an instant photographer. I can be an instant DJ. designer instant dj i can be an instant thing in like less than a week right maybe Not even days like hours if i yeah if you wake up today and you're like yo i want to fucking dj you go to the guitar center you buy the shit and then you yeah. go to fucking and i, I a make a snapchat pool. story i'm just kind of like with yeah. the equipment and i'm like you know yeah and then you get the fucking record pool where you can download thousands of songs and then you're fucking and like DJ don't get it wrong time. when i was a kid i wanted to like front i wanted to have it instantly the fact that I couldn't meant that, like, you look forward to your trip to New York all year, the pilgrimage to Triple Five Soul, Canal Jeans, the places where you could, like, get that stuff. The same way kids do with Supreme. Like, it wasn't different in the way, like, that I wanted that shit that I was seeing on TV or in magazine. But you were an actual fan, though. But the access was limited, and so you spent all this time wanting it. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, it just, that, like, molded who you were as a kid was mm -hmm. the fact that... Like the fact you couldn't have it, whether it was fin for financial reasons or access, because uh, you didn't live in the city where the store was. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and weirdly, like I'd find my own, I was just making my own t-shirts. I couldn't have the shirt that I want. So literally I would just draw t-shirts and make whatever, you know, if I got a pair of Jordans once a year, it was literally a holy thing. It was a holy experience to get a pair of Jordans as a kid. Like. I can't explain. Now, that's why I, go, I walk into like a flight club now or whatever, and that they're just all lined up on the wall. It's like unbelievable to me. Because back then, I would wait for the Super Bowl like for months because the, Jor the Jordan commercial would come out in the Super Bowl, the first one where they would like unveil the Jordan for that year. I was always guaranteed to see it. So it was like a waiting game. Then you knew it was going to be coming out right after that. And then it was begging your fucking parents or working like your ass off to get the hundred whatever dollars. And by the time you got these things, they were like mythological items that you had like, and like 
to me, like those Jordans, like when people talk about like, what's your favorite Jordan and shit like that, I'm like, yo, that was my fucking whole existence. That was my year was like the Jordan and like the flight suit I couldn't have and the t-shirts that I saw but weren't at the finish line of the footlocker by my house. And like you literally became like this, the mythology and it, 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 cre- it made, turned me into who I was definitely because it was crazy years from 10 to 14 where like you formulate everything. Uh, I don't know what was the topic we were on again. Uh, that's it. You know well, I mean? Uh, I mean, we were kind of talking about like Supreme, right? Yeah. And how they're capitalizing on shit. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. like, how Good come? For them. Well, how come you never capitalize on like anything with rap teeth? Because you've told me stories yeah. of like you've told me stories of like athletes, like celebrities, rappers coming to your crib or asking you to send them pictures of some of your rap tees or some of your exclusive collection. Yeah. And you and they and you kind of turn them down, right? Yeah, not all of them. I mean. Well, run, I, run me through this shit. Who hits just, you up? A stylist hits you up? Whatever. Sometimes it's a stylist. Sometimes it'll be an athlete or a, a rapper or whoever direct. And what do they usually ask? Send me the heat? Yeah, can you send me some shit to pull from, basically? You know, like send me a, a stack and I'll decide what I want out of the stack of just various random. Have you denied like, nah, I can't sell that one? I'm not going to, I'm not an asshole about it, but like I'll just sort of direct people in a different direction you know i'll send them to someone else i'm also not a vintage seller i'm a collector so sellings never come natural to me and definitely like it's all very close to me and and the t-shirts are close and the hunt for them i know how long it took to find them you know i know the specifics and so that instant gratification that someone wants i don't relate you know what i mean like if i spent five years finding a shirt and I found or I found two of the same shirt over a seven year period I'm not feeling it when you're like I need a wrap t-shirt show me a stack and I'm just going to take the one I like the best you know but and, and even for the vintage guys I know who do wrap tees it's hard for them too you know to, to sell those things that like they know how long it takes and how rare they are but yeah I'm to me I never needed the money one not being an asshole I just never needed like the it wasn't my job to sell t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather not see, there's been times where I've sold tees and then I've sort of seen where they ended up and it, it was just kind of like, eh. Where did they end up? Like, I could have not done that. You know, like I could have not contributed. But, but where did they end up that. like for you to feel that way? I mean, it's not even getting into specifics. It just ends up with, it just ends <laughs> up being another piece of clothes in these people's arsenal of clothing you know and there's no sentimentality about it mm-hmm. it's literally just a dope in quotes t-shirt to wear and then they get all the praise when they wear it of like being down you know what i mean and it's like well okay but like i i know how much you paid i know exactly where you got it from you know as, as someone as someone who like loves it and is into it and takes it more seriously than just a fashion statement i just don't really need to be a part of that so with with you not capitalizing on it right yeah how do you feel about the the people who have capitalized on it like like really a, care. like urban outfitters i don't really care my only thing that kind of that had to piss my you only off. thing with gucci, any, gucci and urban outfitters yo gucci had to kind of be like yeah i find the gucci thing funny where they started reissuing bootleg t-shirts but you know people don't know that that's a bootleg t-shirt yeah but like we've been done with those bootleg t-shirts like, no, like no, for no, me i was buying that when i was 17 18 like i already don't 
think anything of a bootleg Gucci you know what, team. It's crazy thinking about back in the days. You go to Canal Street in New York, and you see these, you see all those Gucci T-shirts. You got to tell me the year though, not back in the day. Because you're back <laughs> I mean, in the day, I mean, like, way, I mean, way, way back like, in the day. I mean, like '85, <laughs> yeah, late that's '80s. Bad. The yeah. Gucci sweaters, the T-shirts, the MCM, watch, all that shit. MCM, yeah. and it's like for seeing them from back then to see where it's at now. With a fifteen dollar T-shirt yeah. back then would cost you now Gucci selling for like two hundred or no. more than that. More than that. Yeah. I mean, ten years ago, if you were it's looking crazy. for those, you might spend sixty dollars to hundred dollars on an old Gucci bootleg. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, the, the value's gone up. Now they're embracing it. They have every right to embrace it. Those companies, that's their brand. My, my one thing with, with all reissues is like, just don't do an exact reissue. It, I got bummed about the polo reissues this year because it's like, change something. Have respect for the people who've been collecting and keeping your brand alive, keeping the vintage yeah. element of your brand alive on Instagram, who've been out there hunting it and putting in the work and the blood, sweat, tears and the money. And if you're gonna do a reissue, just change something. Modernize it. If, if it means just embroidering a 2017 on the sleeve, if it just means with a wrap tee, I mean, I can tell an old wrap tee from a new wrap tee just by the t-shirt, but like make a little change. When Urban did the Nas, it ain't hard to tell promo, Illmatic promo, which was like a grail t-shirt. And they did it identical to the original. To me, it's like, don't do that, you know, like, make a little, it doesn't matter what you do. If you make it the tiniest adjustment, just don't do it exact. So you gotta pay respect to yeah, people who put in their time. It's funny, right? He keeps saying like, don't, just don't do that. You're going too far. Like you need to yeah, chill. Yeah, yeah. But like no one gives a shit no more, right? That's just the point. show a little bit of respect for but the people no who respect. you're clearly biting from. You're clearly but you going through rap tees and jacking tees. You're clearly going online to well, these you, collectors. Well, you saw that Kendall and Kylie shit, right? What I did? didn't even care about that. That didn't, didn't bother you because they just kids. At all. I, I mean, I get why why the estate of Biggie and Tupac would be pissed off. Or I get it. They did the Metallica one too. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me if you want to reissue Metallica T-shirts until forever. Yeah, I mean, it do, I have no atta- sentimentality. The problem it. is that the people who are making these things, they don't give a shit about it because they're just trying to make a buck. They see it as a trend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they just capitalize it. Which is which. It, is always going to happen. I'm not mad at it. That should bother me. Just it make does. a little. It should bother you, but what I'm trying to say is like from a business standpoint, they just see it like treasure trolls. Yeah. Like, course. yo, treasure trolls is popping. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone wants these biggie. Like, everyone wants all that 90s shit. Let's, let's just let's make it. They just crank it out. Just yep. crank it out. Yeah. Which and more, more I, power to him. When, like, he, when he was about to come out with the Raptees book, I went up to him. I said, what are you going to do with this? Because, like, if you want to get busy, we can get busy. Like we can, I, that's what I thought he was gonna do at a point. We can gonna, like I told him, he, yo, he'd be all fidgety, like I don't, I don't know, what I want to do. And I'm like, yo, we get the licensing, we could pop, we can make this pop. Let's get busy. You want to get busy? Let's get. You no, know, we looked in, we look into it. Also, licensing is a whole business onto itself. The whole thing is a whole other business. People spend their whole forty hours a week licensing shit. He was being really like Larry David about that shit. But the thing that's is that, but back to what he was just saying, where. He, he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to be the Urban Outfitters guy. Where yeah, have you don't have to be the Urban Outfitters guy. There's, a, there's a good way to, there's a dope way to do it. There's a dope way to yeah. do it. And then the thing is this, you do like the first five yeah. and then people start understanding what you're doing and then you have more leverage. You know what I'm saying? So like 
for example, if you did like a licensing, you're like, all right, so like, let's say we had enough backing to do a different licensing deal or a collab every month, so 12 a year. Mm -hmm. Damn, I'm like putting the idea really out there. Yeah, for chill, anyone. chill. All right, so chill, I still do this. Fam. I'm not fully over it yet. I mean, if you got a way to make some money, I'm in. But I'm saying like, let's say the first year we do a bunch of like, you know, teas, like a collection, a little collab, like a license, like a, yeah. a capsule collection, January, February, March, April, May. The next year, you, you like people know about it a little more. You get like a little, like more marketing way. and like hype beats or some shit like that. Then you can actually ha get the artist involved. Yeah, you know, what I mean? and then it becomes like more of a like a thing, and no one will disrespect yeah. you for doing that. I mean, you know? I got little projects like that going on yeah. here and there, and things like that. I looked into it. I couldn't see. It looked like more of a headache than it was worth to me, and my heart wasn't necessarily in it to match the headache it was going to be and, and that was kind of where the decision was made and then also like I saw that the floodgates were open and I knew right. that this was going to happen without me by people who were already had a f stronghold foothold in the market and you know I let him do that hustle I've always said about Ross like if it gets in the way of his like morning coffee <laughs> I'm out. His morning <laughs> coffee and bagel or whatever the fuck this he does. This is going to affect me having my egg and cheese bagel and a coffee. I'm out. See, see what I did last night? He, I don't know. He, he'd be like, this is too crazy. He'd be like, this is bad. No, like, that's not true, though. If it's my project and, I'm, and my heart is in it, I'll work 25 hours a day. You know, like, mm -hmm. but if my heart's not in it, I'm a pretty simple dude. Like, I don't need You were just iffy headaches. from it from the beginning, but yeah. Yeah, it's always a little sketchy, you know? I mean... I, I really thought he was going to bring out T-shirts right after the book. I was waiting for that move. It was just... I was ready. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know you were. But that's what I expected from after the book. And it was, I don't know. It had a strong fucking push. Maybe I'm not. I could have just not been motivated enough to do it. Are you just exhausted from the book or some shit? But no, I mean, had, yeah. it was everywhere, bro. The Raptees book. And it's like what we were talking book. about, even with the Supreme stuff. Like some things are sacred, and I would have been picking and choosing things that weren't sacred to me, basically. And you know, you know, I th I think, and it's because sometimes I do things and like design-wise. After a while, when you've been designing for a while, you don't really think there's a line you can't cross. And you right. just think about, wow, this is dope. But you don't think about the people it affects, like when you when you put it out, right? And I just think that's how Supreme is. And you're pro and they're probably right. In 25 years, no one's gonna look back and be like, Morrissey's fucking sacred. You're not allowed to touch Morrissey. But in at the time it comes out, and I gotta I live five blocks from Supreme. I gotta go outside and see a line of literally just dorks, kid dorks. Yeah, it's lines wrapping but, around but the block. Like, I feel like we also forget that we were one of them. No, no, no. This is a different kind of dork. This isn't like an angst-filled. <laughs> what would be? This isn't I like a. Know this what, isn't like an angst-filled fan. These are resellers and and tools. You know, like just little dorky kids. I'm and just and you see like it in that. the staff size. I go to Supreme now. These guys are like the staff. Just looks like they're babysitters. They look like. Oh man. They That's look is, like they've been babysitting for 18 hours today, and they want to kill all these rotten kids. Like I like. It looks like that. It looks very... And I know the dudes. That's how they... It's what it is. They, they know. It's not like your boys are coming. It's not like how it, how it was. Where like, it was a meeting like place for skateboarders and your friends. You'd go and... When you, it first started, yeah. Yeah, I would hit up Rockcon, Like, let's meet at Supreme. We get a coffee. We meet there as the starting point, whatever. 
Now you go and you wait in, out in front of I Lord. never knew anyone at Supreme. I was one of those dudes that would go in and I would like buy it. I'd be like, yeah, let me get this, this, this. And like, I'd, I'd, be, like six, I'd, I'd be like six items deep. And I'd be like, yeah, man, let me get this in the large. They'd be like, yo, you're good. <laughs> and I'd be yeah. like, what do, you, what do you mean I'm good? Like, I think you got enough. I think you're good. I love that. Like, to me, that's the, that's then, the whole, like, no, essence of what then, it is. And I wouldn't know what to say, so I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. And then I would buy my <laughs> shit. But no, I've seen them shut other motherfuckers no, down. I'll tell you this. I, because, you know, I used to, I worked by there. Fucking, at a point, it, it kind of gets too much for them. That's why they become assholes. Because I remember a kid walks up to me and goes, yo, I want this in a, and this red shirt in a large. And they go, all right, cool, cool. He goes, you know what, can you bring me a medium? Okay, don't worry about it. Go back. Come back. <coughs> Do you have it in a yellow? And but if it's yellow, give it to me in a large. And then he comes back and goes, "Oh, give me a yellow and medium." And that's when the breaking point is at. Like, how much patience do you have? You but it's know, that's, that's a cha- of- that's a changing New York thing. It used to be even when I first moved to New York in 2000, 2000, 2001, there was a lot more stores where the people who worked there were assholes, and it was a very New York thing, whether it was yeah. a record store, a bookstore. I think he's more, he's more on point. It's just And you, would, an you would walk in, and they would be like, no matter what the store was, this isn't a library. You're not here to fucking hang out. So if you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know what you're looking for, and you haven't, honestly, you haven't earned the right to come in this shop, just get the fuck out. And I worked at one of those bookstores, and it was crazy. Like, the rudeness to the customers is something that would never fly today. But it was a very New York thing, and it made you, if you wanted to shop there, it made you put in your time. Like, the record yeah. stores, I, I put in work to, so that I was cool at A1, so that I was cool at the Sound Library. And they so weren't crazy. like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're, this isn't a listening room. Like, you don't know, you don't know that this shit. And it was awesome. And it was brutal when you first started. Yeah. But, but as you worked your way in... And those places became yeah, like your stripes in a sense. It, but once you were in it became like a your social world that yeah. became like where you'd meet your friends where you'd be shooting the shit all day and it was almost like a, a club yeah and that almost all those stores are out of business you still got a1 and record and, stores are like that like them off of them i that remember was that it. Shit. a1 yeah. they were like if you don't know what you're talking about don't waste my fucking time leave and it was awesome it was the best Supreme was a different level of just being an asshole. Though. Supreme no, they, was an asshole. You had to earn your stripes. I remember, just to, like, to just New York was the worst because I would, I would like see like people just being like, "Hey, do you have this in a medium?" They were like, "No." Yeah, just, and then be like, "Do you have this in a? Do you have this in a medium?" No, and they they wouldn't even. Can you check in the back? Yeah, and they would sit there, <laughs> and then yeah. they'd be like, "Did you check?" And he's like, "Yeah, we ain't got it." And I was just like, "Wow, this motherfucker's an asshole." Yeah. No, like I was blessed to know a few people in Supreme, so I never got that treatment, but I seen yeah. it happen in front of me. Yeah. That shit is, I was just like, damn, man, that, that shit is. It's ruthless as yeah. fuck. But that's the way it is. That's, the, that's how it works. And what you're talking about, like, if that ever happened now, that store would get blasted on social media. They'd get banned. Yeah. For like horrible customer service and all. But also shit. now, if you got a store in New York, you got to sell to everybody you can, which is why those stores can't afford to be like that anymore. You know, because they don't exist. They all went out of business. Everywhere. Sad, sad. Yeah. So we just went out of business. NoHo Stars closing. You know, no, the restaurant Bleecker, Lafayette, NoHo Star. R.I.P. 
<laughs> you sound so disappointed, Ross. Well, he's so bummed, man. Yeah, he's like, the the spots to get a waffle or a bagel or a coffee. So, fucking deli sandwich. Deli sandwich. Breaks hey, my heart. We're at like an hour and 40 minutes. I know. You got to okay. cut this thing down. We got to cut this podcast down to about 45 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to let you the hit the I the beginning was kind of like a... Actually, I like the fishing. Yeah, no, we good. Don't worry about it. Just wrap it up. Me? Yeah, you, you got to get better at this. You have to do it. Who's oh. the closing DJ on this one? Come on, it's your time to shine. Yeah, doorman. Next time you'll be hosting. <laughs> You're on doorman, dude. Well, we certainly even have a fucking name to this. Next time you'll be hosting the podcast. It's called a Latino Heat. The Latino Heat? What is that shirt you're wearing? It's Eddie Guerrero, bro. It's wrestling, yo. RIP. Yeah, we were talking wrestling, about wrestling. another big vintage trend that you can get on. That's it. That's when he comes back for the second episode. Is that big now? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's big for a certain clientele. It's not gonna, it's not crossing over into. I got the old Vox t-shirts. But I actually fuck with wrestling. Like, I actually go and sit front row. To me, there's nothing better than that. To me, if you go to wrestling, and you got the vintage wrestling t-shirt collection, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's what being a vintage head, going out and having a collection is all about. Is being a real fan. And you get and, props. Yo, and you're gonna walk down the street, and you're gonna be able to see someone else, and give they're gonna give yeah. you the, the head nod, and that's what is, that's all it was ever meant. To but be. that's the thing is, like, if I walk down the street and I see somebody in a mob deep t, mob deep t-shirt, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna be like, what? I'm gonna be looking for the stitching on the sleeve. I'm gonna be like, mm, okay, all right. You're gonna be like, yo, you're gonna try to find a connection. They're gonna be like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Like I'm shook. Now I just you like, see someone in a shot A shirt. That's the equivalent like, of me going to like a sports thing, like a like a baseball game, and just saying like, "Oh yeah, I root for the Yankees because I like the uniforms." Yeah. Right. You get that a lot. Yeah. Oh, I like the hat. I like the logo. The color. Yeah. All right, man. Wrap it up, man. Well, anyway, uh, thank it's you guys for. Wrap. <laughs> well, we still don't have a name for the podcast, so yeah. But you, you, you horrible the intro. You horrible everything, and you, we got to work on it. I'm, I'm trash all around, but we this get views. This is just practice. Yeah, we get yeah, views man. and listens all day. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Well, thank you, Ross, for Let coming. Let me figure you know out, what man. Yo, wow, man. nice. He's thank you, Ross. Yeah, yeah, you got to say that at the end, B. Don't no. defend this motherfucker. You got to no, say I'm that saying, shit at the end. You're, you're. <laughs> Getting pointers how to close out a podcast. This is the point where everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> like okay. Everyone just wants to be like, yo, man, thank you, Ross, anyway, for coming. Just thank, you know? Yo, we want to thank. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna you don't close. say thank you yo, for I'm listening to this. Yo, I'm closing this thing <laughs> out. This is never. This is the, the podcast. Shout out to DJ Ross one for being here. Thank us to our sponsors, and we out. All right. <laughs> Sponsors, Belvedere Vodka. <laughs>